Welcome to Beyond Weird Paranormal Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Megan. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk about weird shit. So I hope you're ready. Yeah, we're going to talk about ourselves so that you can get a feel for who we are and what to expect on this wild ride of what the fuck. Yeah, we're basically going to talk about uh, how we got into the paranormal and how we met each other and how we started working together and uh, what we want to do and where we want to go and where we want to take our listeners. So yeah, Megan, how how did you get initiated into the paranormal? That's a funny story. It's a funny few stories, actually. Uh, you know, like a lot of people, I had that that weird thing happen when you're a little kid, and you almost doubt yourself as to whether or not it even really happened. Right. But <clears throat> yeah, I had two um, two incidents where I saw something that I could not explain, and then I had a later in life I had an incident where. I think I might have had a UFO experience. I don't know. We'll talk about the first one. The f when I was just a little kid, uh, the youngest that really that I can remember, I um, I lived in Macon, Georgia, in the country, and we had a we had a a shelter in the backyard that was like a barn, but it had a shelter underneath, and it was built in a ditch, and it was kind of like for tornadoes or whatever. Um, but you could see it out of my bedroom window. And I remember one night waking up and looking out of my bedroom window and in the shed, in the, the windows of the shed, which kind of looked, it kind of looked like a little house, um, rise up from the bottom. It was this really strange looking profile of Abraham Lincoln with an incredibly <laughs> large hat. <laughs> I'm probably six years old, so this is I was not on LSD right. at this age. Um, Were you studying a Blinken in school at all? I don't. I mean, you must have had some kind of like exposure to. I'm I'm certain that I had seen. Th this is how I've how far I've gone on this. I thought it might be something like Schoolhouse Rock. Right. I was just or, thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've basically watched every episode to try yeah. to find so there is one where it talks about like um politics and presidents mm -hmm. and things like that uh and there is a an abraham lincoln in one of them but it does not quite look the same although i mean my mind and how i'm remembering it it could have influenced it right however we didn't have a tv then mm. so yes i am indigent <laughs> I was indigent as a child. We lived in a trailer, uh, hence out in the country. Yeah. Um, so we did not have a TV. I did not grow up with that luxury until about, I don't know, 12 years old. Um, so I don't know if it was that. Maybe I saw it at school. In sixth grade, I mean, at six years old, I was um, I was in kindergarten. Because right. Because I, I got a late start due to when my birthday is. Um. So I saw this this profile of Abraham Lincoln rise up and it had this giant hat and it was like all of these psychedelic colors like you know mint green and yellow and purple and puce yeah puce fuchsia <laughs> periwinkle these, yeah these very just uh vibrant it was like a cacophony of colors if yeah. you could use that word sure. in that context Why not? but um so that was my first weird thing. And I remember trying to tell my parents about that. And they were just, they, this is a continuing uh, thing where they just give me this weird look. But <laughs> the joke's on them because they believe weird stuff now. Um, my second experience, I was a little older. I was probably in second grade or third grade um, in a different house. Uh, we had moved on up to suburbia. 
But I would wake up and look across my room. My dresser was up against the wall. And it looked like the shadow, not a shadow. It looked like an aura of a person was standing kind of tucked into the corner between the side of my dresser and the wall. Mm -hmm. And this person it had no features. It was just the outline of a figure, but the outline was made out of yellow dots. And I would close my eyes because I was so scared. Yeah. And I would, I knew that it was the middle of the night and my father was not awake. Uh, but I would say like, Hey, Dad, are you getting ready for work? Is that you making that sound? Even though I knew there was no sound. Right. Because I just wanted to, like, say something. And then I would open my eyes and it would be gone once I had spoken. Um, but then I would fall back asleep and wake up again and it'd be back. Mm -hmm. So I never, you know, I've, over the years, I've tried to find other people who have seen that same thing. And I've never found a story quite like it uh, lots of people have seen shadows with auras and things right. like that but never just like plain yellow dots this is like i'm thinking like the twister mat dots but yeah. only a little smaller they were about the size of a baseball so each dot was so they weren't small yeah it wasn't something like when you press against your eyes and you mm -hmm. then you open them and you see those points of mm -hmm. light it was much larger than that and then I guess about 12 years old, I was heading to bed one night and I had the feeling that my light, that my room had been flooded with light. Um, that feeling you get when somebody flicks a light on and mm -hmm. you have your eyes closed. Mm -hmm. So I opened up my eyes and lo and behold, my room was flooded with light and it looked like someone was shining a black, a bright light back and forth across my window. Oh, weird. And I mean, I, it, I had a German shepherd in the backyard at the time who was kind of our guard dog. Yeah. So I know that if there had been someone outside of my window with a flashlight, right. my dog would be tearing them up. Right. But my dog was not barking. Um, I didn't dare look out the window, but I ran into the living room and I told my parents, like, I was just, I must have seen really crazy. I was like, mute the television, turn it down. Do you guys hear any helicopters? <laughs> and I mean, that's so funny now because it's like, oh, the black helicopters are coming for me. But I thought, like, maybe this is a searchlight from a helicopter. Right. And I was trying to hear the sound of it. And my parents looked at me like I was crazy. My dad sent me back to bed. And when I went back to my room, it was the light was gone. Yeah. So I don't know what that is, but a lot of people have reported that. You the could have room, gotten abducted, abducted, Megan. I know. I could have been a contactee. Yeah. Um, if only I'd looked out that window. I'm not sure I want that. You know, I don't even like it when people ring my doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> me I mean, neither who who likes that nowadays don't even call me on right? the phone okay? yeah hey aliens text if you want to reach me text me yeah okay? so yeah those are my three experiences i've spent my whole life like trying to figure out what those were and what other people's experiences right. are and i'm just super uh consumed by it so yeah that's how it got me yeah what about you um i don't I, I didn't have, like, kind of that uh, defining experience when I was a kid that, like, a lot of people have. There is one thing that happened to me um, that at the time was very strange. And then when I got older, I rationalized it and said, oh, it was just this. But now looking back at it, as I've become, you know, less skeptical and more just like open to weird shit, I'm like, well, but maybe. So you what ha happened was <laughs> <laughs> you have my attention. I've never heard this story. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't end up telling it because it's so ordinary, but it was weird at the time. You know um, that, um, Mike Clellan, in the book, The Messengers, he called those maybe people, people who had oh. experiences that they rationalized immediately. Right. Their answer was, you know, have you ever had an experience? Well, maybe. Right. 
Yeah, you're right. May, you're maybe person. Yeah, so I'm a maybe person. Well, R- Robert and Tom Wilson also use that term, maybe people. Oh shit. Anyway, we'll talk, um, we'll talk about him. Later. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I I spent a lot of time uh, at my grandmother's house. Well, my grandparents' house when I was growing up. Like she would keep me after schools while my mom was working, and. Um, her house was at the bottom of a hill. And so like the street would come straight down and basically dead end at her house. And um, so it was late in the afternoon and the sun was setting. So there was like some pretty strong sunlight coming, like hitting the front of the house and shining in through the front window. And so I was sitting in the living room um, watching TV and uh, the couch was facing that front window. So I could see, you know, just the light coming in through the curtains or the blinds or whatever. Um, So I couldn't see outside, but I could see the light, right? And I saw very distinctly the shadow of a man walk in front of the window. And so I thought, oh, okay, somebody's coming to the door. And so I waited for a second for like a knock or the doorbell to ring and nothing happened. And so I sat there and I waited and then I got up and I opened the door and nobody was there. And so I was like, okay, what? (laughs) WTF? Uh, What just happened? Who just came to the door? And um, so I was just like, I don't even know how old I was. If I had to guess, I was probably between like eight and 10 or so. Um, And so at the time I was just kind of like, okay, that was really weird. Maybe it was a ghost. Uh, And then, of course, when I got older, I was like, okay, well, someone could have been just walking, like, at across the street, and their shadow, you know, cast all the way to the window. Right. But now when I think about it, I'm like, no. It it had to have been somebody walking in front of the window because, like, the driveway was connected to, like, the little walkway to the front door. And so the walkway ran right in front of that window and then to the front door. Mm-hmm. So it was like somebody had, like, come up the driveway and either parked or whatever, walked in front of the window to right. come to the front door. And that, like, it couldn't have been anything well, to make that shadow. It couldn't have been anything else. It's inherently weird because um, when you visit a place often or you live in a place, you become familiar with things that happen. Yeah. Shadows that get cast. Right. Uh, through everyday life, like you know that the shadow of this plant is going to appear at 5 p.m. when the sun starts setting every right, day. Right. And then when you see, you know, a shadow where it is not usually, you know, that something is up. And I mean, obviously it could have been a person or whatever. Right. But just the fact that it's out of the ordinary is interesting enough. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah. Don't- rationalize it away yeah no i'm not telling you what to do but (laughs) no um and even you know like it it could have been an actual person like coming up to the door and you know dropping something off like people leave like flyers or whatever at your door but i had gotten up opened the door nobody was around like they would have had to have like run away from the door <laughs> in order for me to have not seen them. This is pre Amazon guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know, there was nothing left behind. Like I said, nobody had knocked or rung the doorbell. And um 
you know, I didn't see a shadow crossing back as though someone was leaving, walking the same way. Yeah. So in tandem with this story, um, you know, I told my mom, I don't remember if I told my mom or my granny, like immediately after it happened, but I have told them that story um, because they have actually had weird experiences in that house. Oh. And, you know, I never heard about it until I was older. Um, but my mom had seen stuff when she was growing up in that house, like as a teenager, she said she had seen several times, basically just like a shadow walk through her room, like come through the wall and out through another wall, like wow. walking as though the house was not there. Yeah. And there is a creek that runs right behind my grandma's house. Like her property literally butts up to the creek. Mm -hmm. um, and so that could have been like um, Native American. Yeah. You know, like they would have used that creek. So that could have just been like. Yeah. Well, I mean, the pathway that somebody used all the time. Yeah. In days I'm, past. Have a body of water and there will be people nearby. Yeah. 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 Um, and then my, one of my uncles uh, died when he was 21 in a car crash. And uh, after he died, my grandma would say, like, she would feel him in the house um, especially like when something upsetting had happened or like another family member had died or when, you know, she was going through turmoil, she would feel his presence in the house and she would just know. Yeah. And so now looking back and I think even after I told her my experience, she said, that was probably your, your uncle Chris. Mm. Because he would have parked in the driveway and just come in through the front door. Yeah. And one of my younger cousins, uh, when he was maybe five or six, he had something actually really similar to what happened to me now that I think about it. When he was, when he had this experience, um, the front door had been replaced and they added a glass a screen door, glass mm -hmm. storm door. And so when they added that on, like the front door would just stay open all the time mm -hmm. and with just the storm, storm door, door closed. Yeah. And um, my cousin, much like myself, my granny would watch him in the afternoons. Um, well, she would just straight up like babysit him when he was young. And then when he got into school, she watched him after school. Um, so I think this was before he was in school, but he said that one day he was in the living room and a man came to the door, didn't come in and then like disappeared. Wow. And so my granny asked him because he told her, um, he said, you know, a man, this man came to the door and she said, well, what did he look like? Well, there's pictures of my Uncle Chris all over the house, all over her house, right? Um, and there's actually one that hangs right next to the front door. And he pointed to the picture of him and said, it was that man. Oh, wow. And she, of course, was like, oh, <laughs> okay, well, you know. That's just your Uncle Chris, honey. He was probably just coming by to say hi. And he was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And, you know, he was too young to understand, like, well, you know, he's dead. So right. that would have been his ghost. Uh, but it's kind of cool that we both had a very similar experience. Yeah. I, You know, I feel like... Uh, with my experience, had the curtains been open or, you know, had the door not been closed, I probably would have right. seen him. Yeah. Um, how, so, many, yeah. how many years apart were those two? 
we, me and him are 12 years apart age-wise. So it would have had to have been like, yeah, it would have had to have been at least 15 years uh, between those two events. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it's still happening. I mean, yeah, uh, it definitely could be. Let's go investigate. I, we probably could. Uh, like, if you're if you're down to drive four hours to Tyler, we have driven much longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's always been. It doesn't. Nothing happens like frequently. Like I don't think of my granny's house as haunted, but weird shit yeah. has happened in that house. And, like, my family is very open about it. Like, they don't shun, you know, paranormal stuff. Like, they they never tried to tell me and they never tried to tell my younger cousin, like, oh, no, you were just imagining right. that. It was always like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting experience <laughs> you had. Um, so, yeah, that's was, like, my... One kind of personal uh, experience. Other than that, though, it was just like paranormal TV, like weird TV. Um, I watched this show. I don't know if you ever watched it. It's called Scariest Places on Earth. Okay. No, I haven't. Okay. Um, Linda Blair was the host, and she was fucking amazing <laughs> and it was narrated by that woman with the really creepy voice from poltergeist Caroline. yes she narrated it it was like so fucking edgy and like mid 90s late 90s the coolest fucking thing i was obsessed with that show i watched it all the time this was like pre-ghost hunters yeah. era as well. So this was like like nothing I had ever seen before. And so the premise of this show, if nobody else has ever seen it, do yourself a favor first of all, get on YouTube and watch some episodes because that shit is ballin'. Oh, it's on YouTube? Yes, it's on YouTube. I don't I, have to put it on my Plex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I because I actually went and looked up an episode the other day because I had a revelation. Okay. Um, But yeah, the premise of the show was they would start the episode with like uh, talking about either like a haunted place or a scary place on earth. One of the (laughs) most scary places on earth Um, or like a person, like a, a, an occult figure or something like that. Uh, and then the second part of the episode, they would send your average American family of four (laughs) to one of the scariest places on earth. And they would fucking strap cameras to them (laughs) and send them into these places and have like production crew hiding in the corners and opening doors and pushing shit over. And these people would be freaking the fuck (laughs) out. Freaking out. And and they would make them do, like, these weird challenges. Like, they would s- split them up, first mm-hmm. of all, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, now that I'm thinking about it, I think they would, like, put a bag over their heads. Oh, my God. And lead them to separate parts of this location. And then they would have to find each other. Okay, so they're alone. They don't know where the fuck they are. Uh, this is a game show. <laughs> dude, really? It was. And, and so then once they had like regrouped, then they would be told like, all right, you need to go to the blood sacrifice room in this fucking uh, castle where, uh, you know, Vlad the Impaler or whoever... <laughs> um, murdered 30,000 virgins and you're going to do a ritual to purify that space. Let me ask you a question. Is the nice little old lady from Poltergeist around for this part of the show? No. So she, she is never physically anywhere present. She only narrates. Does she narrate the people getting the shit scared out of them? No. Okay. 
my confidence and my inner picture of her <laughs> remains unblemished like she's now. She's not like remote viewing these people from like okay. a van outside. Well, she's just an and- actress. <laughs> I don't think and she's narrating really- <laughs> like it's not like a football game where she's giving a play by play of these people's okay, okay. Uh, experience. That's just mean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was obsessed with this show. I was, you know, like 12 years old when it was airing. And so I was like, oh, my God, me and my family could be on this show and I wouldn't be scared at all. And we would go in this place and I would be like so cool and calm and collected and we would be getting this shit done. Not like all these crazy people screaming on this show. (laughs) So, yeah, I loved this show. Um, Did this show come before Fear on MTV? I think it was after. Okay. I think because it's fear. Yeah, it's. Very similar, right? Yeah. So I think Fear stole this show's premise. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that show, too. Especially the celebrity Fear with Gary Busey. Oh. He flips the fuck out. I mean, Gary Busey just straight up. <laughs> this, is, this was pre-crazy Gary Busey. No, Gary Busey has always been crazy. <laughs> <Okay>. Literally always. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. No, he knows. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I love that show. Though I mean, I'm gonna fear. have to. I, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have okay. to check this out because yes. Fear got canceled, and I was just sad. I was like looking on the, you know, this is before the internet, uh, right? YouTube, right? And whatever. I think I had like AOL or whatever to yeah. talk to the college kids, but uh, you know, I was like, oh my god, how can I get it on like pay per view? Yeah, something? can I get it on DVD or? <laughs> VHS. VHS. I definitely. I still have VHS. I have VHS tapes in my car right now. <laughs> Blair Witch Project unplayed. Oh, oh shit! Somebody was throwing it away in my neighborhood. I just. I'm like. I, I was totally. That's fucking treasure. Curb picking right it there. Yeah, there were lots of horror movies. They probably in there. could have sold that on eBay for like forty dollars. Well, let me tell you something. Yeah, probably. Actually, I was going to give it to you as a gift, <laughs> but now I've totally told him myself. Um. There were a few. So this was just a Tupperware box on the like. I'm, I'm derailing this conversation. No, no. A Tupperware box container on the side of the road uh, by my mailbox, a communal mailbox. Right. Um. There were lots of horror tapes, and there were a few unmarked, sketchy looking tapes. Oh. And I took a few of those, but I'm like, yeah, I don't have a VHS player, and they're um only made by one company in the whole world now. What? Yeah, there's like one company that still makes them, so they are not cheap. They're oh, like $150. What the fuck? So to watch this creepy tape, I gotta drop 150 or... Man, start hitting up motherfucking Goodwills, okay? Yeah, even Goodwills are in... No, Goodwills put them in that, in that cabinet where you... Um, oh, you, you have to bid. like... Uh, yeah, the auction cabinet. Oh my God. Yeah, nobody is... I mean, everybody's hip to the fact that VHS players or even with craigslist whatever right i just need to find a friend yeah that's got a bunch of yeah old, and then i need to be like hey i don't know what's on this tape so <laughs> could be something bad if we have any local weirdo friends with yeah. a vhs player yeah please. please let us insert our sketchy unmarked vhs's into it it's probably just fucking robocop or something <laughs> but but anyway that's my story about vhs tapes nice. yeah um yeah. Okay, so scariest places on earth. I realized the other day that my first exposure to Aleister Crowley was through this fucking show. Oh wow. Because they did like the beginning segment on one of the episodes yeah. was about Crowley. The wickedest man on earth. Yes. That's what they called them that. Yes. Your 12-year-old mind. Yeah, I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, well, I was probably more like, oh, my freaking gosh. (laughs) This is scary and also so cool. Because they absolutely framed him as, like, the wickedest man. Like, not, you know, now I kind of think, like, all right, Crowley was, like, goofy, yeah. Crowley is goofy in my mind these days. Yeah, he's like, um, uh, you know, uncle. Yeah, right. Yeah. Creepy, weird, occult uncle is yeah. Crowley. But no, he was like 
they framed him as like black magic, like sacrifice. That's the only way they would get that on TV. Yeah. Uh, Very sensationalized. Post satanic panic. Yes. You know, the eighties. Yeah. 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 And so they had like, uh, followed a journalist to, uh, Sicily where Crowley had set up like his fucking Thelema church or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they were looking for that building and they like ran into uh this german couple along the way who knew where it was and they had a vhs tape of them doing a ritual at this place and so they like showed that on the program and i was just like oh my god <laughs> this is so cool so yeah that i i have been like fascinated with Crowley since I was 12 years old and I didn't realize it. You were steeped in it. Yeah. You didn't even know. Yeah. I was initiated and I didn't even know (laughs) until literally like last night I was like, hold on, wait a second. That's amazing. So yeah, I thought it was very cool. That is a, uh, a dot connected. Yeah. Way the hell back. Right. Yeah. We we will talk a little bit about connecting oh, yeah. dots in future episodes. Oh yeah, we're going we're going to talk about Crowley <laughs> a lot. How did we meet? Oh, how we met? API our first date. Yeah, our we, first we date. We did really a, a date. Ghost Town. Yeah, yeah, uh, Helena. Yeah. Helena. Ghost Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we used to be um, members of Austin Paranormal Investigations. We will refrain from uh, instigating any drama. There's no drama, Megan? What are you talking about? There's no drama. Well, I mean, I'll say that like a lot of Ghost Hunter Paranormal Investigation groups, they follow a template for operation and it is um not really in line with what either of us want to work with nothing wrong with it per se yeah it's just something that we realized kind of together and working together that we were outgrowing yeah and 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 we wanted to move beyond right uh we did not get the results that we were seeking because we were not doing the right things, I right. think. Um, and we weren't, our minds were not open enough, you know, with what we were doing. Anyway. We yeah. weren't getting weird enough. Yeah, we weren't getting weird enough. We weren't thinking outside of the box enough. Yeah. We were cemented in our perceptions, or rather, we sort of followed. Mm-hmm along with um, just cemented perceptions mm-hmm. where I know for for a long time I didn't feel like um, there was room to do some of the weirder things like even when I first pitched Estes to the group um, I thought, it was going to get shot down immediately. And so when uh, everybody was like, yeah, let's try it. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, cool. For, yeah, let's try it. For those who don't know, the um, the Estes method of spirit communication was um, coined in Estes Park, Colorado at the Stanley Hotel by the resident uh, paranormal investigators, Carl Pfeiffer and Connor Randall. Um, so they called it the Estes method, but it is uh, it entails using a spirit box, which is just a device that scans rapidly through radio stations, and a listener who or a receiver who wears headphones, uh, noise isolating drummer headphones, um, so that they cannot hear the querent or the person asking the questions. They simply listen to the radio static and stations. Um, and say what they hear, and they have no context of the question being asked because they can't 
hear it. So what this does is it eliminates um, it eliminates bias toward wanting to hear an answer to the question being asked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If if you've never listened to a, a spirit box like one of these radio sweeping boxes, is it scanning through and you're hearing bits of radio station come through? Um, if you ask a yes or no question beforehand and you hear a yeah, come through the radio, you are going to say, oh, it said yes. It said yes. Did you hear that? It yeah. said yes. So when you eliminate, well, basically when you separate the two components of this process from, you know, just the people asking questions who cannot hear the radio. So they are isolated in one way. And then you have one person listening to the radio and just spitting out whatever they're hearing um, with that absence of context. Um, And then you still end up almost sometimes ending up with a back and forth conversation when it's really good. Right. Um, that is so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some really good ones. We have had some really, really good ones. Just, just to go out on a tangent, I'll, I'll let you guys in. Uh, Just to continue the tangent that we're already on. I know. Uh, Brittany and I and our friend Philip were at the San Antonio Paranormal Fest recently. Uh, Austin Seance was also there, and they lent us their um, spirit cabinet, uh, which Jake said had been used in over 300 sittings. Um, so it is a well-used cabinet for conducting a seance. Um, I sat inside and was the receiver, so I was hearing only the radio um, stations sweep by my ears. Brittany stood outside and asked the questions, and do you want to tell them what you asked? Um, Oh, my God. Now I'm literally... I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, Megan was spitting out a lot of answers like a lot of things that she was hearing very rapidly so much to the point where I couldn't even get in questions at some point so I said okay this is too much um how many people are trying to talk to Megan right now and you said immediately 22 yeah and I said all right that's way too many um we need to bring it way down bring that number way down uh and you said six six and immediately after that and now three yeah and i said three yeah and i was like okay this is much much better um and things did slow down after yeah i stopped hearing as much yes and we were able to get a better back and forth uh conversation going yeah um yeah you called me an ignoramus after (laughs) that um yeah and said go home yeah yeah. we did not go home we didn't no we continued but yeah so that is the uh the estes method Brittany thought she was going to get shot down with api luckily they um they took it on as a regular thing they do now yeah 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 so that that type of innovation is really what we're all about and um experimenting and thinking of new ways to be innovative and um to think outside of the box because yeah. so much uh you know I rail on this so much but so uh much of what we know about or we think we know about spirit communication is based on bias and tradition and folk tales we've heard over mm-hmm. the years. And that, I mean, that's interesting stuff from a ethnography or psychology type of, uh, you know, point of view, but there is a, a muddled line where science and metaphysics meet science and philosophy meet. Yeah. And we're kind of in that, that weird space. Right. That should not even technically exist by the definitions of, you know, science and proof and empirical data and things like that. So, um, 
but we're trying it. Yeah. We're, we're trying it w- without giving a shit whether or not we have to prove anything. And that's another thing is like API seemed really um, interested in their data being provable and yeah, uh, or at least s- some members did. And the debunking, that's fine. But, um, you know, I'm the type of person where I say, hey, what if we take 15 minutes and we don't debunk anything and mm-hmm. we just think about things uh, as if everything, you know, as an experiment, spend 15 minutes uh, believing everything that around us is happening around us is paranormal or, you know, whatever is yeah. going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the way API operated stemmed from the founders of that group and then the leaders of that group really kind of coming into it at a time when the paranormal field, well, ghost hunters or paranormal groups really had to fight to like get any kind of recognition. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, you had to come up with this evidence that, you know, would just blow everybody's minds and couldn't be argued with to not be considered uh, a fool. Yeah. You know, like you are wasting your time sitting in this dark room um, with your little gadgets and your cameras and, you know, find a better use of your time. So, you know, they had all the cameras and all the gadgets and all the gizmos to collect all this data and, you know, get all this audio, get all this video that was then never reviewed. But, <laughs> uh, I know. did my part. <laughs> oh my God, I did my part. I watched eye bleeding, unmoving yeah. video, hours of video. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was awful. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you did that kind of work to catch like, that one shitty EVP that you could show off to the skeptics and be like, look, this is proof. Yeah. Like all the hours that I'm putting into this, this is proof. And for you and me, it's very much become like, well, we're not trying to prove anything to anybody. We're just interested in exploring. Yeah. Um, what's out there in, in different ways. And if, if something comes of it, cool. If nothing comes of it, well, whatever. Right. We had fun and tried something new. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm only interested in the experiential. And right. Sharing those stories with other people who are into things like I am. Yeah. I have no uh, interest in proving myself to anyone. I've, I'm a successful human being already so <laughs> i cannot say that uh for myself as we sit in Brittany's two-story house and she's drip- drinking water out of a nice ikea cup it is from ikea you, ha- you have arrived i know this table also. this table that, that coaster couch, yeah. this it's okay yeah this rug hey man some people have nothing <laughs> ikea is amazing okay yeah i'm not ashamed so who are influences influences oh my god influencers um i mean a a huge influence for me in the beginning was obviously ghost hunters yeah right like the i just remember the first time i saw ghost hunters on tv um i was just like holy shit this is a thing that people do yeah like what this is a thing that people do. Like yeah. they go to people's houses and they look for ghosts and try to get rid of ghosts, which now is I see is very problematic. <laughs> um, and yeah, I quickly became obsessed with ghost shows yeah. and which uh, I think a lot of people did because uh, TV networks 
kept churning them out. Yeah. Ghost Adventures. They still are. Yeah, they ooh, yeah, they still are. Uh Ghost Adventures, which is very problematic now. Yeah. Uh I was massively into that. Like all all of the ghost shows that I used to watch I find incredibly problematic now. Um but I've moved on. I'm yeah. beyond that now. Yeah. Um now, Greg and Dana Newkirk obviously are a huge influence on me. Planet Weird. Planet Weird. Um, they are the curators and founders, owners of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult. I hope I said that in the correct order of words. Um, I discovered them through actually a YouTube channel, a paranormal YouTube channel, which I highly recommend. It's called Haunt Me. Um, it's a, a small, like, for four-person team in Maine. M-E. M-E, yes. yes. Uh-huh, Maine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the states, okay? <laughs> I've only lived in the United States my entire life. I don't know where I am. Um Actually, I just don't know where anything else is. Uh, but yeah, uh, they brought Greg and Dana in on a couple of different cases. And um, one location that they went to in particular, um, Greg and Dana brought like um, some of their haunted artifacts mm -hmm. with them, kind of to act as like trigger objects. Or objects to help facilitate communication. Yeah. Um, and Dana set up like a like a crystal grid, basically like an altar for communication and made an offering to the spirits in the building. And I had never seen something like that. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to fucking do that. I want to investigate like that. And that really it was kind of like the turning point of when I started to realize that investigating did not have to be what I was used to doing. Because at this that point, I had been with API for a couple of years. I think this is when you were out of the group. Yeah. Um, had a baby. Right. Cause you had your baby <laughs> um, and you were like raising him like a good parent. Um, so yeah, when you had come back, I was kind of like just starting to think about things differently. Um, so yeah, Greg and Dana are remain, a, a huge influence. Um, they're really well known now for the series Hellier. If you haven't watched Hellier, do yourself a big fat favor and just watch it right now. There's two seasons. It's free on YouTube. Oh my God. Just watch it because we are going to talk about Hellier a lot. Yeah. And it completely shatters that ghost hunter template in yeah. every way. It goes yeah. in so many different directions. And every, you know, I don't want to be like a total fangirl, but every time I watch it, I'm like, my mind starts racing and I'm like, yeah. oh, we got to, we can do this other thing. Yeah. Like, it just, it sends me off on right. a lot of different thought pathways. Right. And um, yeah, I, so it's a big inspiration. I for think me too. I've watched both seasons twice now. Oh my goodness. And, and I want to watch it again because. Every time I watch it, I'm watching it with, like, new information that I've discovered or learned in the meantime. So I'm watching it with this new filter and seeing things and remembering things all over again, like, oh, my God, this ties into this, <laughs> and now I know this thing, and now we got to do this thing. Yeah. It just, it happens all over again. Yeah. It is, uh, it's definitely um, the most innovative paranormal show that I've seen. I know you yeah. can't even, can you really even call it a paranormal show? I mean, it no. ties in 
it is so overarching and it's just, uh, I don't know how to explain it other than just please go watch it. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, please. Who else? Oh, for me, uh, only recently have, maybe like in the last two years, have I really uh, realized that I can use a lot of my occult inspiration mm-hmm. um, in the paranormal. I've kind of always had to have kept them separate because we were doing such a nuts and bolts process with right. API. Right. That, and also, I dare not bring up any of that devil worship stuff <laughs> around uh, people with demon diff- <laughs> with differing religious beliefs um but yeah i am um a pagan a, a norse heathen there are uh, lots of words associated with what i am but none of them are quite uh what i would like to use just because of the associations that people make with mm-hmm. those terms um so Loosely Norse pagan, um, definitely interested in things like spacecraft and, you know, just Norse shamanism and other runes, not only as a divination tool, but as a magical system to improve your life and exert your will into the world as all magic is. Um, Obviously, I feel like a lot, well, I'm not going to say obviously because... It's not obvious to everyone, but I feel like I discovered or rediscovered chaos magic and realized that a lot of the experiments that we do are exactly chaos magic. Yeah. We are fuck around and find out. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we try weird outlandish things. We document them. We hope that they are successful and sometimes they are. And, you know, in, um, in our next episode, we're going to talk about a trip uh, that we took out to the West, West Texas desert to get weird in the desert. Yeah. As people do, as you do in Texas. Um, but I, it was so influenced just by chaos magic mm-hmm. and um, we were almost doing it without even realizing it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the servitor thing, uh, we'll talk about that later. We'll get into it. We'll get into that. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it's just, uh, it's become a big part of how I think about things now. Yeah. And that's just a paradigm shifting uh, type of mindset. So, um, you know, that's a big influence on me. I feel like all of my paranormal influences are external to... um, what people typically think of as Mm -hmm. paranormal. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to bring in a lot of different ways. You know, Brittany, Brittany surprised me at an API investigation where she pulled out a deck of tarot cards and asked a spirit, you know, an unapparent or an unknown entity. We're not even sure if anybody was there, but could she do a reading? And that was just, you know, at the time I was like, wow, um, how could that, you know, how could that, the results of that card reading, um, affect the general idea of the room, like the, the attitude of the room. Yeah. And, uh, we find it does, you know, uh, it changes the climate. It makes everything feel different. Right. Whether that is internal or external matters not to me. But something is going on. Yeah. Yeah. I will say uh, that was a direct influence of seeing that happen on Haunt Me. Okay. So that's where. I've never seen the show. (laughs) It's on YouTube. Just look it up. It's it's very, very well produced independent content. Okay. I got you. It's not TV. Okay. okay. Right. There's no yeah, TV. Yeah. Okay. People. It's not produced by the TV people. Right. It's very passionate people making their own content. Yeah. As it should be. It's really good. Yeah. I'm done with big TV networks. Yeah. Yeah. Why would we watch that? It's like the there most boring so, sex. So in the many world. amazing people creating things independently now. <laughs> right. So, also, yeah. I'm not trying to endorse all. YouTube 
paranormal content <laughs> because uh, is not good. Yeah, or TikTok. It's, no, mm. <laughs> no, it's not good. Who else? I have one. I have a person in mind that we haven't talked about. Please go on. You have my. Uh, His name is John. Oh, Papa John. Papa John. John E. L. Tenney. Wild man. Wild man Tenney. Spirit animal. Yeah. 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 Tenney is. Um, I don't. Like, I don't even know how to describe Tenney and what he does. I mean, he, he is a. He's been a paranormal investigator for decades now at this point. Um, but he just, he's, he works a lot with Greg and Dana. That's how I know about Tenny, uh, is through them. He has a couple of podcasts. Um, realm of the weird is one of them. Do yourself a favor, a big fat favor. Listen to realm of the weird. It's, amazing it'll blow your mind the episodes are very short you have no excuse um he has a a book theoretical weirdo yeah that is so so good it's just his views on the paranormal um his views on the psychology behind our interpretation and our experiences with the paranormal are kind of not what anybody else is talking about or not what the mainstream paranormal community is talking about or thinking about. Um, He's just like an amazing, amazing human being all around. He is incredibly honest and humble. He's incredibly honest and humble. Yeah. And um, he's genuine. He's one of the most genuine people I've ever experienced. He's a little bit like um, Dr. Phil. No. No, no, no. Dr. Phil's an asshole. No. (laughs) He is a bit like a therapist. Like he, um, he's very gentle and mm-hmm. understanding, uh, he hates assholes too. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that he probably hates assholes. Um, but you know, he's he always closes out his talks with the uh, if you're going to invest your time in trying to, oh god, I'm murdering it. Uh, it's been too long. I know. We talked. We literally talked about this. Yes, in a previous episode. Yeah, in uh, our Michigan Paracon right. episodes. Yeah, so Jerry Springer. Don't is even who, bother rehashing. Yeah, don't. But yeah. I mean, he's just um, he's inspirational uh, with where I want to be in yeah. a few years, just because uh, he seems happy with himself and uh, he's confident and not in a cocky way, right? You know? So, I mean, he... He's comfortable being himself. He's comfortable taking the moniker of weirdo and wearing it proudly. Yeah. He's definitely the weird punk rock kid. Yeah. Who had a bunch of So now he's the weird punk rock uh, grandpa. Yeah. Papa Tenny. He wears a suit everywhere. Yeah. What are we going to be talking about in the coming episodes? In this season yeah. if you will yeah uh you know we have um just our weirdo projects that, yeah um we've taken some trips we have some ongoing investigations yeah um we're gonna talk about places we've gone we're gonna talk about our methods of investigation and some of the tools that we use and how we use them um some subject matter uh, tulpas and servitors, um, or thought forms, uh, which is a, a project that we current creating a tulpa or a, a servitor is a project we currently have, um, in progress, things like remote viewing and astral projection, lucid dreaming, um, 
Brittany is really good with tarot. I am really good with runes. Mm -hmm. So you'll probably hear uh, some of that. Um, You know, seances, a history of um, sigils, our work at Pioneer Farms, for sure. We did. We were resident ghost hunters at Pioneer Farms for a short time. Um, you know, just a whole grab bag full of interesting stuff. I'm not going to, I'm not going to name them all. Yeah. There's, there's plenty. We have a list. Yes. There's plenty of interesting, weird, um, and, and you, you, sometimes, sorry to trail off. Uh, sometimes I'm sure that we will just be talking about whatever tickles our fancy and whatever is, is going on in the world and. All right, so that is our introduction episode. Um, If you heard anything you like here or have any questions, uh, feel free to email us at info at weirdatx.com or you can go to www.weirdatx.com and uh, all of our socials are linked on there. And uh, Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Please. Yeah. I mean, if you got a ghost in your house, let us know. Yeah. Uh, please do reach out to us. We want to hear everything you think about the stuff that we think about. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.